Welcome to Talks with Trivium. My name is Michelle Schaller. I'm the Senior Director of Behavioral Health at Trivium Life Services. Trivium Life Services is a nonprofit organization headquartered in Council Bluffs, Iowa. We have locations in Iowa, Nebraska, Idaho, Vermont, and New Hampshire. Services vary by location and include long-term support services, such as supported community living for individuals with intellectual disabilities, physical disabilities, and or complex mental health diagnoses. We have intensive residential service homes that provide community-based services for adults with severe and persistent mental illness and or substance use disorders. We also provide a range of behavioral health services, including your traditional counseling mental health services, employee assistance programs, student assistance programs, outpatient substance use disorder treatment, including partial day hospitalization, as well as domestic violence offender intervention. Our goal in Talks with Trivium is to introduce you to some of those services and the people providing them. We'll discuss topics related to mental health and seek to continue to normalize mental health as a component of overall health. Hi, my name is Alfredo Hernandez. I am the program supervisor, clinical director for the Domestic Violence Offender Intervention Program for Trivium Life Services, located in uh, Boise, Idaho, and also Caldwell, Idaho. Welcome back to our mini-series on hope. The last time we talked, we spoke a little bit about the science of hope and what that is. Again, the definition in regards to the science of hope is that hope is the belief that your future can be brighter and better than your past and that you actually have a role to play in making it better. We drew on the work of Dr. Rick Snyder and in his book, The Psychology of Hope, and we also drew on the information from Dr. Shane Lopez and his book, Making Hope Happen. And then lastly, we drew on the information provided by Casey Gwynn and Chan Hellman in their book, Hope Rising. Dr. Snyder and Dr. Lopez both kind of said the same things in regards to what the science of hope is. For Dr. Rick Snyder, it was goals plus willpower plus way power. And Dr. Lopez described it as goals plus agency plus pathways. And so they essentially said the same thing that you have to fundamentally believe that the features can be better and that you have worthwhile goals to shoot for and move you in that direction. You have to have willpower slash agency, meaning the confidence to actually bring that better future into fruition in your life. And that we have to have way power pathways. We have to have multiple pathways to achieve what it is that we're trying to achieve. We have to have plan A through Z and we need to double back and have plan double A through double Z as needed, right? Multiple pathways to get there. And so why is hope so important? We're going to talk about hope and well-being. We're going to talk about hope and education. We're going to talk about hope and work. And then lastly, we'll talk a little bit about hope and health. And then we'll kind of wrap it up with this idea of uh, leadership and hope and how that's related to engagement as that is something that we think a lot about here at Trivium Life Services. It's part of our mission to increase hope in our clientele and in our communities. So let's go ahead and jump in with why hope matters so much and why we as clinicians, as therapists, as people who are involved in our communities, who are of service to others, 
why we should consider hope and try to increase that in our clientele. So I'm going to do a little bit of reading from Casey Gwynn and Chan Hellman's book, Hope Rising, How the Science of Hope Can Change Your Life. Let's jump in with hope and well-being. This is from the book. Hope is an important psychological strength that has at least three important components. First, hope can buffer the effects of adversity and stress and serves as an important coping resource for both children and adults. Next, hope predicts adaptive thoughts and behavior. Put simply, hopeful people have better outcomes connected to the way they think and behave. Finally, and most important to all of us, hope can be learned. Intentional strategies or interventions can move the needle on hope. Here's the part in the book that really stuck out to me, and there's several, and I'll, I'll be speaking to many of them. But this is the one that kind of really made me think about how am I considering hope in my clientele and how am I going to work to move the needle on hope in my clientele. Mr. Gwen and Dr. Hellman write, in every published study of hope, every single one, hope is the single best predictor of well-being compared to any other measure of trauma recovery. This finding is consistently corroborated with other published studies from top universities showing that hope is the best predictor for a life well lived. If we think about that, one of the ways that we should be evaluated in the work that we do is if we're able to increase people's hope. And we want to do that because of what was just communicated, that this is the best predictor for a life well-lived. And that's what we want in our clientele, is for them to be able to have a life well-lived. And so the very cool thing about this is that hope is accessible to all of us. If we can understand the science of it, if we can understand the components of it, then we have a roadmap in regards to how to apply that in our lives and move forward. So that in a nutshell is this idea of hope and well-being. Let's talk about hope and education because so many of our programs are based around this idea of education, right? Psychoeducational, providing information to our clientele, hoping they understand that information or uh, are able to apply that information in their lives. So this is what is written about hope and education. Hope can predict academic achievement from elementary school age children through graduate school. The higher the hope of a child, the higher the daily attendance rate, the lower the tardiness rate, the higher the grades, and the better the test scores. In high schools, hopeful children are more selective in the courses they choose. In the language of hope, they are intentionally choosing pathways to their goals. Hopeful high school students have higher grade point averages, fewer absences, higher graduation rates, and higher college enrollment rates. One recent study found that hope is a better predictor of college grade point average than traditional placement tests and high school grade point averages. Hope also best predicts student retention and college graduation rates. Now, certainly we're not a school and we're not providing education in that traditional sense, but we are providing education to our clientele. 
and we certainly want their retention rates to be high, and we certainly want their grades or understanding of the material we are providing to them is well understood and more importantly, well applied. And so it's really critical again for us to integrate this information on hope for our clientele to truly benefit from the efforts that we are making with our clientele. Let's examine this a little bit from the perspective of work. What's the connection between hope and work? Going back to, again, the book Hope Rising. There is also emerging literature on hope and important workplace outcomes like performance, turnover, and job satisfaction. Hopeful employees set more goals and more complex goals. They are better at critical thinking and problem solving associated with the pathways dimension of hope. Hopeful employees are more energetic in their pursuit of goals. It is not surprising that hope is significantly predictive of workplace performance, given that both are associated with goal attainment. Hopeful employees are more likely to experience success in goal attainment. They also report higher levels of job satisfaction and commitment to the organization. Hopeful employees tend to be more helpful to their co-workers and contribute more to high-performing work teams. Hope is also a coping resource that produces lower levels of burnout. In fact, hopeful employees are more likely to be engaged in their work and approach new tasks with vigor. Hope is also associated with lower turnover. I'm sure that most of us are very familiar with the difficulties that has been present in the workforce since 2020 in the COVID epidemic. I know that we here at Trivium Life Services, like many other organization agencies, businesses, have really struggled to, one, obtain people, right, to get people into the organization. We've struggled to retain people in the organization. And we're, you know, have become familiar with terms such as quiet quitting and things like that. And so I know for me, I never considered or thought about hope as it relates to work. And given this information, I think it's really critical, again, for us to consider the power of hope. How are we measuring that when clients or employees come in? And are we then doing the follow-up work to ensure that we are, again, moving that hope needle and that we can get people who are committed to doing the work at a high level, making a difference, and find true satisfaction in what they're doing? And so now, over time, hopefully we become not only us, but other people who are hiring individuals that we become an employer of choice. And so that's really important for us to kind of think about and consider. Let's pivot into hope and health. Again, from uh, Casey Gwynn and, and Chan Hellman. Hope has been studied in medicine and nursing for several decades. When hope is high, patients respond better to treatment, are more likely to engage in prevention strategies, and are more likely to comply with their health provider's recommendations. These findings are consistent across studies in cancer treatment, spinal cord injuries, diabetes, HIV slash AIDS, and rehabilitation with occupational and physical therapy. I think that, again, given the reality of the clients that we serve, 
It is not uncommon to see clients come in who are very hopeless about their future. They're very unclear about goals, how to set them. They lack the agency or the willpower to achieve those, and they just don't see a way to get there. And if we want to make the kinds of impacts that we want in our clientele and to truly put them in a position to have a life well-lived, then we have to really consider uh, the science of hope and how we can assess for it, how we can measure changes in it, and support the work that our clientele are doing it for that to be a part of their life, their mindsets, and the way that they approach everyday challenges. And so thinking about my place of employment, Trivium Life Services, they are very big on uh, leadership. Uh, So we do a lot of leadership training and they are very big in engagement. So they do a lot of work with Gallup in regards to making sure that we as employees are really engaged. And lastly, they want to ensure that we are very happy in the work that we do and so that our clientele can feel those things. So let's talk a little bit about leadership, hope, and engagement. This is drawing on the work from Dr. Rick Schneider. He says this about leadership plus hope plus engagement. When people have a boss who makes them feel hopeful about the future, they are more committed to their jobs. Specifically, when Gallup asks followers whether their leader at work, typically a manager, made them enthusiastic about the future, Of those who said yes, 69% were engaged in their jobs, scoring high on a measure of involvement in and excitement about their work. These engaged employees are the products of hopeful leadership. They are more innovative and productive than others, and they are more likely to be with the company for the long haul. Of those followers who said their leader did not make them enthusiastic about the future, a mere 1% were committed and energized at work. That's worth reading again. Of those followers who said their leader did not make them enthusiastic about the future, a mere 1% were committed and energized at work. These disengaged workers are a threat to business, co-workers, and themselves. They not only fail to make meaningful contributions, they undermine the hard work of others, and they are likely to be more physically and mentally unhealthy than their co-workers. And for good and bad, it is somewhat likely that they won't be with the company one year later. So as a company that is driven to create hope, to empower lives, and to inspire communities, I think that Trivium Life Services is very much committed to understanding the science of hope, to measure that uh, amongst its employees, and to do the work necessary to increase that. And I think that's going to trickle down into us as service providers and the work that we do with our clientele for us to engage with them in a way that increases their hope and that they can benefit from the science of hope and have a life well lived. I hope you find this information helpful. 
I've given you some names and some resources that you can do your own research and studying. And I hope that you are curious and committed to examine your hope and your hope score and that you are able to get to that future that is better than your present with all the confidence in the world and with all the pathways in the world. Best of luck to you, uh, best wishes to you. And as we approach this holiday season, that you get the things that you want in your life and in your future. Thanks. You can find more information in our episode notes about Trivium Life Services, services we provide, and additional resources specific to this episode. You can find us at www.triviumlifeservices.org. Trivium is spelled T-R-I-V-I-U-M. Thank you.